of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome back to the Kenny and JT Show, getting you ready for high school hoops tonight, NBA hoops tonight, and, of course, Browns football on Sunday for the final time in the 2022 season, even though it's 2023. Browns in Pittsburgh against the Stullers. Pittsburgh listed as two-and-a-half-point favorites, but, as always, the game is secondary to all the ancillary (laughs) things that are happening in and around Berea, Ohio, and the Cleveland Browns, and the latest is Jadavian Clowney versus Miles Garrett and joining us right now, outstanding Browns beat reporter Scott Petrack, brownzone.com. Happy New Year to you, Scotty. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Well, we're all right, Scotty. And like I said, you're not just writing about the Brown Steelers. Uh, there are other things you have to uh, tweet about and write about at brownzone.com and that. And, and Scotty, uh, just your thoughts on what Clowney said and then the response that you guys got from Miles Garrett today and how this might affect Sunday's game. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think it could affect Sunday's game. Don't expect them to play. They haven't made that official yet. Um, right. But, you know, he's one of the better players on defense. I think, I know what his numbers are this year, but he hasn't. I mean, I think he's played okay. I think he has an impact when he's out there. He's good against the run. He shows up against the pass. Um, so I think it affects him. It affects the team, him not being out there. But then, you know, just from a, you know, the standpoint of one of your, your – you know, one of your players is ripping the coaching staff, ripping the organization, ripping arguably your best player. You know, it, it's a terrible look. Um, I think it's, you know, I think it looks poorly on, or reflects poorly on Andrew Barry, who brought him back for a second year when they had, had a year with Clowney in the building and should have known better. As I look at this football team, Scotty, and JT and I were talking about the Miles Garrett car crash, right? Uh, some fans driving a go-kart or a, a golf cart all over the stadium and everything. Now you got the clowny stuff saying they're trying to get Miles Garrett to the Hall of Fame. Uh, you you got to deal with the Deshaun Watson off-the-field issues, uh, and that's kind of quieted down and everything like that. Scott, where does this season rank? Scott Petrack, as far as uh, covering it and the distractions and other stories besides just football? Yeah, you know, that's tough for me. We have that conversation in the media room all the time. You know, and you get a new guy in there or a new person in there, and, oh, this is the worst ever. You're like, oh, he should have been here in 2000, you know, whatever, <laughs> just because there always seems to be something going on. Um, you know, I mean, last year had its own element of craziness with Odell and Baker. Right. I mean, that was that was a whole thing, um, you know, and Odell's dad in the video and, you know, right. let, cutting him at, after the trade deadline, all that. Um, but I would say this year, if you include the offseason and the the Sean Watson situation, um, I, I would say this because I would say this season, because there's so much to the Watson story and it's so serious. And it took up. You know, for me, it took up like pretty much the entire offseason, right? Starting in whatever March 14th or whenever when they met went to meet with him in Houston, um, it, it's been a story and it's been a big story and a difficult story to cover since then. 
um, and then you just add the rest of it to that. Hard to believe in three months that's going to be a year away. That's unbelievable from where we've come to from to where we're at right now. Scotty, a couple of things on the Jadavian Clowney front. Uh, 95% he thinks he's not going to be here. I thought if you would have asked me last week before any of this came out, it's 100% he's not going to be there. But seems as though he took a shot at Joe Woods by saying there might be other changes here. Uh, What do you feel about Joe Woods? Will he be back next season? I don't. No, nobody's told me that. Um, That's just my opinion is when you have back-to-back seasons like the Browns had, when the expectations were high, when there's a feeling that you have enough talent to win games, something needs to change. And it's not going to be Kevin Stefanski. The defense was, was and has been the problem, the biggest problem for the majority of this season. So then who pays the price for that? Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I think it makes sense if it still would. You can throw Mike Freefer in there. Special teams, Please. it's not as important, and I think the special yeah. teams has rebounded, and Prefer's got a longer track record than Woods, so I think they're two separate entities when you consider if there's going to be changes after the season. I, I just think it's difficult mm-hmm. for Woods. I know the defense has played better, and the secondary's played pretty well after those you know early miscommunications. Uh, I just think it's tough when it had such an impact on the season, and it'd be difficult going into next season saying, okay, you're going to trust Joe Woods, and this defense to get off to a fast start, and then it doesn't again, and then you have to fire him week four, right? Like, yeah. All, to me, all mm-hmm. that is up to um, he'll probably be fired. When you start thinking about these comments that Clowney made, is he onto something here? The last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. we're seeing Miles Garrett line up over center. I mean, I don't know if that's been going on all season, but I don't remember it. Is he onto something here? No. In fact, I don't think he's onto anything. I I think. The clowny comments made him look terrible. I don't think it's an indictment necessarily on the organization. I mean, except the fact that they have Clowney on the team. Um, <laughs> I think Clowney was off base in a lot of things, in pretty much everything he said. Um, you know, we talk about Joe Woods, and part of the criticism I've heard, and maybe we've talked about it with you guys, is they don't use Miles Garrett in enough different ways. They don't try to take advantage of matchups. Well, Clowney's saying that that's. <laughs> the problem is that they do that too much, right? So right. which one is it? And, you know, first of all, Garrett likes to play right end. That's his position. And he doesn't want to move a ton. But he will, and they move him some, and they try to take advantage of opportunities. And they did that against the Ravens, the first matchup. They put him over the right tackle, and that's something Clowney objected to. He didn't want to go against a left tackle all game. His spot is usually on the other side. And Clowney took issue with that. And then you're right. they Against the commanders, they moved. Garrett more to the middle, not a lot, but a couple snaps on third down, gave him a running start. It paid off. So I think Joe Woods has tried to be more creative, but I certainly don't think, number one, anything's wrong with trying to put your best player in the best, in the best possible matchup. And then it's up to Clowney to win his matchups when the Browns do that. So I think it made Clowney bad, look bad. I think it made him look jealous of Garrett. I, I think Clowney thinks he's as good as Garrett, and he's not. And I think the jealousy was obvious in those comments. I'm with you 100%, Scott Petrak. I think you nailed that. 
Um, and, you know, Jadavian Clowney, good riddance. See you later. Spend that $10 million somewhere else. Uh, are you surprised? I, I wanted to get your input on this, and before I forget, so I'm, um, we're just spitballing here. Are you sure. surprised they locked up Jack Conklin for as much as they did? Uh, I was surprised by that from this standpoint. I thought it would behoove them to move Wills to right tackle and then take the money you would have spent on Conklin and go get a real left tackle in the NFL, Scotty. Yeah, that's an interesting thought, Kenny. Here's I got two feelings on that. Number one, I don't think Wills being on the left side is a problem. I think for Wills, in I think he's better than people give him credit for. I don't think he's great, and I'm not going to say he he plays hard every snap and finishes every snap because he would admit that he doesn't, right? And he's getting better and needs to get even more, even better. Um, but to me, it's not the left side, right side. I don't think is the issue. I think he's, I I think talent wise, he's fine on either side. Um, when it comes to Conklin, I, I thought they might go say, okay, we drafted James Hudson relatively, not relatively high, but you know, fourth round pick. Um, we're going to go with him next year and save a bunch of money on Conklin, right? It turns out to be $15 million a year. You can use that in other areas. Uh, right. so to me, it means that they don't think Hudson's the guy, um, which is fine. Not all fourth rounders turn into starters. I get that. Um, so for me, that was part of it. But then if you decide that Hudson's not your guy and you don't have that guy on your roster, then I think Conklin is probably a better option than they would have gotten in free agency. I think you'd have to pay more for a top flight right tackle. I think $15 million is a discount for assuming Conklin plays like, you know, a Pro Bowl-ish right tackle or even a above-average right tackle. Um, he's already here. He already knows the system. He knows why it's how, like, I think all of that fits in. Um, now the hope is that he stays healthy, right? Cause that's right. The concern is he's been banged up. You know, he's going to miss Sunday again with this ankle injury, which, you know, doesn't seem to be serious, but still, um, you know, will he make it worthwhile if he, if he plays, you know, 15 games a year for three years, then I think it's a good contract. But that's a big if, Scotty. That's a big if. I'll take the. Hey, I'll take the under. And now that it's legal in Ohio, I'll take the under on that. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I, I just don't. I'm just not sure there'd be a a better option for that money um, yeah. on the free agent mm-hmm. market. But you know, you're right. If he gets hurt and misses a bunch of games, then obviously it was the wrong decision. Scotty, with the game being played Sunday, obviously Steelers have much more to play for, even though they need a lot more help to get into the playoffs. Do we know, is anybody else out for the Browns coming into Sunday at 1 o'clock kickoff? Um, no, it's Conklin and Isaiah Thomas, the rookie defensive end. So assuming Clowney doesn't play, um, they'll be down two defensive ends. Not that Thomas has played a lot, but you know he's been in the rotation at times this year. And then Denzel Ward is questionable. Didn't practice all week with the shoulder. Um, they're not... They had Kevin Spensky didn't want to rule him out, but he wanted to give him the, you know, the extra 48 hours, see if he could go. Um, so that's, those are your injuries. You Scotty, know, well, hold on if one I sec, could one, bet one on second. that alone, I'd bet on him. Uh, one second, Kenny. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking at this thing, and I'm wondering how it's going to affect the team and on the field of play on Sunday. And I go back to this clowny thing, and I remember – Jarvis Landry making comments that this blank ain't going to happen here any longer. So I'm looking at it from a leadership standpoint, and obviously we don't have that vocal leader any longer. Not necessarily that it had to be a wide receiver, but with that lacking, this team being fragile, shouldn't it come from the head coach? I know he's not a rah-rah guy, but how does he rally the troops on Sunday? Yeah, um, 
you know, I think he expects them to do their job mm. and to go out there and play hard and put this behind them, um, which, you know, that's what they should do. You know, John Johnson the third. I thought said something interesting is hey, we've had some of this drama before. It was, I think we tend to play well coming out of oh. it uh, for whatever reason, you know, and he was citing the, you know, after all that Odell stuff last year, they went down to Cincinnati and won, probably played their best game of the year. So, you know, it could happen. They could play well. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think you could just say, oh, because this happened on a Friday, they're not going to play well Sunday. I think it, you know, depends on the circumstance, depends on the game, depends on the player. Um, but you make an interesting question about the, uh, you know, where's the vocal leadership coming from? You know, Miles is a leader to some degree, but certainly is not as vocal as a Jarvis Landry or some of those, you know, that type of, that type of leader. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson probably isn't in that spot to be one yet. And I don't know, if, you know, he's not that vocal a guy right. either. Um, and you're right, Kevin Stefanski, that's not his style. Now, you know, I'm sure he has some of that in him. You don't become a head coach without any of that, but he doesn't have the same, and he just has the same fire as a Mike Tomlin. There's right. no doubt about that. This may have woke up Clowney. I mean, I'm sorry, Garrett. With Garrett coming out saying, yeah. we want volunteers, not hostages, that's the most vocal that dude's been in years. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Miles, uh, you know, I, we talked about it. I think Miles gets a little bit of a bum rap. I think he tries to be a leader, and obviously it hasn't gone perfect for him this year. The car accident was bad. The speeding's bad. Um, doing whatever he did to get benched for that first few plays against, God, all the big games all run together, but remember whatever right. game that was. Um, you know, that's a bad look, right, against New Orleans because it was a big game they needed to win. Um, so, uh, you know, all of that's a bad look. But I do think Miles has made strides as a leader. I think he's vocal from time to time. He's a great talker. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought he I thought he struck a decent balance today when talking about Clowney. Yeah, he didn't take any cheap shots on him that he could have. Um, but you know, I think he's I think he's right. You want guys that want to be here, and it's obvious that Clowney at some point this season decided he didn't want to be here, um, whether it was this week or earlier. And you know, it's disturbing that. You know, against that Ravens, the first Ravens game, Connie said, hey, in, in so many words, he didn't say this, but it's the way it turned out. Mm-hmm. He was only going to play on third down because he was upset with how they were using him. Right. And then he got benched for the first possession of the next game, right, and kind of went under the radar. I didn't notice. I was there, and that's something I usually pay super close attention to and didn't notice it, right? And kind of just – and then he was okay for a stretch of the season, um, at least vocally. You know, didn't publicly express that frustration. So, that's just – it's – it just shows you that there's something up behind the scenes, number one, and that you need your better players to rise above that, and Connie was unable to do that. Scott Petrak, our guest, brownzone.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Scott Petrak, Browns beat reporter, talking Browns Steelers, getting ready for Sunday's 1 o'clock game here on WHBC. Scotty, will they treat this game on Sunday one of two ways? Will they treat it? As Herm Edwards always says, you play to win the game, hello. Will that be the only way they treat it? Or if they have a good first half with Deshaun Watson and coming off that second half against Washington, will they sit him at halftime, put Jacoby Brissett in so Deshaun Watson doesn't go into the offseason with a potential injury? I don't think so, Kenny. I mean, that, you know, that's not, that really hadn't entered my mind that they would do that with Watson. I think you want as many reps with him as possible. Number one, um, number two, you are trying to win this game. I think there's a not that this is the overriding sentiment, but 
you know, there is a competitive balance issue where, you know, you're trying to play your best guys and win games. And I, I just expect everybody to play. Um, you know, now could you see a little more Jerome Ford? Sure. Could you see a little more Mike Woods at receiver? Yeah. Um, but I don't think you're going to see any wholesale changes. I think it's going to be the, the same way they played against the commanders because they didn't need to win that commander. You know, they didn't, they were out of it by the commanders game and they still played everybody. Yeah, see, I, I just look at it this way, Scotty. Next year is more important than this year, and if Watson throws three touchdown passes in the second half against Washington and comes out and throws two touchdown passes and they're up 17-3 to three at halftime, I, I could see them just saying, we've seen enough, there you go, that's what you're going to see next year. Yeah. Nick Chubb, take a seat. Uh, Deshaun Watson, take a seat. Amari Cooper, take a seat. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's played in this offense before. We'll go yeah. put him back out there and use some of the other guys, Scotty. I just don't think this game means anything to the Browns. That, I mean, that's a really interesting point, Kenny, and I actually wish I had thought about that earlier and maybe even brought it up as fancy, not that he would have given us a good answer. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I haven't gotten that sense at all. Um, but I get what you're saying. I, I do think the fact that it's the Steelers makes a difference. And not only trying to knock the Steelers off, but like, like your fans want to beat the Steelers. And if you were up seventeen to three and lost twenty to seventeen, I don't know if that would go over well. And okay. I don't know if it goes, you know, not, and I don't even know if that even matters. But I, I that, at least that's in my head. That's one of the first things that popped into my head is you're you're trying to beat the Steelers and. It means a lot to a lot of people. I think this offense still has a lot to prove, and they're only on, you know, they're they're just nipping the uh, tip of the iceberg, so to speak. Scotty, when you saw that second half, actually, take it back to the first half and then the second half. When you saw the way Deshaun Watson played in the first half or the entire offense and then saw what could be the future in that second half, mm-hmm. he made some throws, man. What went through your mind? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a huge change, right, from first half to second half. I thought he looked really uncomfortable in the first mm-hmm. half. And that was surprising to me because we had seen more comfort from week to week. We had seen progress from week to week and it wasn't there in that first half. Now it wasn't all his fault, right? I think mm-hmm. receivers struggled to get open. The protection wasn't great, but even how he handled the, the breakdowns and protection, right? He escaped and then he ran out of bounds instead of throwing the ball away. Like it just didn't feel like, I don't know, that he wasn't seeing things well, that he just wasn't in a comfort zone. And for, every, for whatever reason, that changed in the second half. And you know, the run game helped. I think the play calling helped. We talk a lot about Kevin Spansky and his inability to make adjustments. Well, they figured out a way to scheme some guys open in the second half. Amari Cooper on the second touchdown was wide open on a deep cross. Donald Peoples-Jones was wide open on a shallow cross in the red zone. He got two pretty easy touchdowns. And then Watson made good throws. He ran it a couple times. On, in crucial situations, you know, I think he converted a third down or two. So I, I thought everybody played better in the second half. The protection got better. And then the defense got off the field and gave the offense a chance, which, you know, didn't do for the entire second quarter. Scotty, I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks. I keep telling Kenny, I want to forget about that Saints game. Shouldn't have probably played in those weather conditions anyway. But <laughs> if we're going to talk about Joe Woods being on the hot seat and Kevin Stefanski goes into that game, and I know they were behind in the second half, you tried to put the ball up 31 times. You tried to throw the ball 31 times in those elements. And towards the end of the game, Watson looked pretty good. He had a couple of drops. Maybe that team ends up tying that game, getting in overtime. Who knows? Right. You threw the ball 31 times at home in that game, those elements. But yet last week you only threw it 18 times. Shouldn't Stefanski be in the hot seat too? No, I don't think he should be, number one. 
Number two, I get what you're saying, and you're not completely wrong. But let me – I feel like context is necessary. The okay. Saints game, they had run it at ballpark 30 times and thrown it 21 times. And then they threw it the last 10 times because they were down seven on the final drive, right? So it was a three-to-two okay. run okay. to pass, which we could argue that it should have been more than that. But it wasn't skewed the other way. They didn't throw it way more than they ran it. Now, I thought they should have run more direct snaps to Watson, and that could have been just like the Saints used a lot of direct snaps to Kamara and Hill. Like, you can quibble with that. Okay. The run-pass balance, I didn't have a huge problem with that. And then in Washington, I mean, they threw it 18 times, but they didn't need to throw it in the fourth quarter because they were up by two touchdowns. So they ran it like the last 12 plays, right? And they didn't have any plays in the first half because <laughs> – they had the ball for four plays in the second quarter. So, you know, I think there's reasons for this. Now, that doesn't mean Stefanski's perfect as a play caller. It doesn't mean he gets away from the run too soon. But I think overall, he's done a good job play calling. I think he's done a good job with the offense. And the fact is, you should get used to more passing because now they have Deshaun Watson, a quarterback. It's not like they're going to hand it off 40 times. And Amari Cooper, too. What a great yeah. acquisition that's been, huh? Oh, yeah, and especially when you look at the receiver market. Mm-hmm. After they made that trade, it blew up, right? Christian Kirk signs for like $19 million in Jacksonville. Um, you know, the Tyreek Hill trade, Hill trade, Tyreek Hill trade is huge. The um, Devontae Adams trade, right? All those things are big money. You're giving up big things. The Browns give up a fifth rounder and are paying $20 million a year for a high-level receiver that does all the right things, practices hard, plays through an injury. Um, and here's a huge acquisition. Scott Petrak, our guest. Scotty, it's legal to bet now in Ohio. Don't know if you heard about that. Uh, But, yeah, Uh, I'm curious, has there been much talk amongst media members or even the players uh, about that at all since January 1 now? uh, You can bet on games uh, on an app. You can go to uh, Jersey's out here and use a kiosk. You can uh, go to some brick-and-mortar places and place wagers, uh, MGM, uh, Northfield, and that. Has there been any talk amongst you guys and anywhere else? Not among the players that I've heard, and I think that's smart. Not that I'm asking anybody about it. Um, right. But, you know, they're not allowed to bet on anything, right? And we just saw, um, what was it? Atlanta. Uh, the receiver. In- Atlanta. Last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Atlanta. Um, you know, and then we saw Miles Austin, the former receiver that's a coach, get suspended for a year for gambling on, on non-NFL sports. So, um, you know, it's a touch. Now there are here, right? And, you know, it's now people's podcasts are sponsored by gambling sites. And, I, like, it's just it's, it started to permeate even before it became legal, and I think that's only going to continue. You know, and then just the way we talk about it, the way I write about it, um, you know, you, you listen to fans, and now things are viewed, not that they always were, right? Because people always play on football. But now I think it's viewed even differently, and you have to have even a sharper focus on, okay, is this affecting the gambling situation, right? Whether you know if a guy's going to play, you, you know, if a guy's hurt or he's not hurt, like all that information now seems to have even more value. Yeah, absolutely. And not that I'm going to take your answer on this next question, (laughs) Scotty, and use it in any way, shape, or form along those lines, but how do you see Sunday's game between the Steelers and the Browns going? I I know. I tell you what, I feel like I should put a warning label on any time I make a prediction. Like, hey, don't go bet the house on this. Um, Right. I I think it's going to be a close game. 
um, I really was having a difficult time deciding who I thought was going to win. Because I think on some levels, the Browns are more talented. I think they're more talented at quarterback. Um, yep. The Steelers are not explosive, right? They're winning games, scoring 17 points. Um, having said that, Steelers are more, have more motivation. Browns, can't, Browns never win in Pittsburgh, right? Almost never win. It's one during the regular season and one in the postseason and whatever they're calling the field now. Um, and I do think the Clowney situation could have an adverse effect. I'm not saying it will, but I think there's a potential for whatever distraction it could be um, in a close game against a motivated team that that makes a difference. So I'm going to go Steelers, something like 23-21. See, I, you know what, Scotty? I, I look at that Steelers offense and I wonder, can they score 23 points? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, yeah. Pickett's, Pickett's got one touchdown pass in each of the last two games, and it was on the last possession. So he played three quarters in, uh, you know, uh, what is it, 13 minutes uh, of not scoring a touchdown, and then he leads him down the field. So that, that's, you know, uh, I, I'm trying to look it up here in, uh, uh, you know, what they call the uh, the information, uh, you know, line and everything like that. But the Steelers, I, I think you're better off playing the under on that one yeah. than, than maybe taking, the, you know, the Steelers minus two and a half or whatever. But I'm with you. I think it's going to be lower scoring and uh, it, it's going to be a, a game the Browns should win, but the Steelers may need it more, and they'll know as the game goes along, too, how much they need it. Right, Scotty? Yeah, I, I kind of feel with you, Kenny. I, like, I hate betting the under. Not that I, I don't gamble a bunch, but, like, the under, it's hard to root for the under, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's difficult because you got to root for nothing to happen. You can't have a pick six. You can't have a fumble, any of that, right? So I, I tend to pick my scores higher just because uh, you see wacky stuff happen. Um but if you ask how the Steelers can score 23, it's Najee Harris runs for 150, right? Like, okay. I mean, that's the recipe. And I had doubts about him early in the year, but I think he's played so much better lately. And we know how bad the Browns' run defense is, and it's not going to be point. better without Clowney out there. You're the best, Scotty. Thanks so much. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, fellas. Scott Petrak checking in with the latest on the Steelers and the Browns here on the Kenny and JT Show.